to China EVs and more, where my co-host, Lei Xing, and I will go over the week's most important and interesting news coming out of the China EV, AV, and mobility sectors. We will open the room up at around the 40-minute mark to anyone who's keen to ask us any questions. What Lei and I discuss today is based on our opinions and should not be taken as investment advice. If you enjoy this room, please help us get the word out to other enthusiasts, and of course, tune in again next week. My name is Tu Lee. I am the managing director at Sinawato Insights, a Beijing-based consultancy that helps organizations bring innovative and tech-focused products and services to the transportation and mobility sectors. I write a free weekly newsletter that we pull many of our discussion topics from. You can sign up for it at SinoAutoInsights.com, which of course I encourage you all to do. A recently visited New York City Big Apple, Lei. Can you introduce yourself? <laughs> yes, sir.、Uh, this is your co-host Lei Xing, <laughs> former chief editor of China Auto Review, and this is episode number sixty-one. Let's start off by talking about He Xiaopeng's tweet. Not tweet, but his WeChat moment, and we will、um, kind of roll this along with、uh, the March industry EV sales. So, if you missed it, or if you haven't heard, so basically, He Xiaopeng he posted a WeChat moment by saying that if the Shanghai and the surrounding area supply chain shutdowns continue as is. Then virtually all OEMs in China are gonna be in danger of shutting production in May. And then he said, the good thing is that various ministries and commissions and government departments are coordinating. But this is the most serious comment that we've heard yet of the current situation down、uh, on the ground. That's his cry for help. Yeah, it is, but. There's no joking around, <laughs> none, right? So that 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 kind of gives you an indication of how serious it is from the production side of the equation.、Uh, let's let's you know not go into the details of what it's like in Shanghai because I I can't you you're not there I'm not there I can't imagine but you know we we can only presume through all you know whether it's WeChat whether it's news. Uh, our friends、uh, telling us what's going on on the ground, and and it's not looking good. The the one thing, the things that we do know, Lay, is that the numbers aren't going down in any significant way. The COVID numbers, the COVID positive numbers, aren't going down, which pushes out the recovery、uh, every single day. And the other thing we want to make note of is that He Xiaopeng's or Xpeng's manufacturing is. In Guangzhou, it's not in Shanghai. So, number one, Guangzhou recently was put on semi-lockdown. Certain parts of the city were put on lockdown. Different districts. Yes, but this tells you how integrated the supply chain is because he's likely getting tier one level supplies or parts from Shanghai or somewhere that's under lockdown or restriction. Because again, his factory or Xpeng's factories are in Guangzhou. So, sure, and this is a national thing, not a regional thing, as far as supply chain is concerned. And we've heard from Neil, who said they were affected by supply chain issues as far away as Jilin Province, right? Right. 
Um, that was the, one of the cause for the for the shutdowns. And I, I just want to kind of recap quickly the the, the major numbers um, that that were put out recently by the three different organizations to help everybody um, kind of catch up on on what's been the situation as far as production sales, mostly sales in Q1. So the Ministry of Public Security was the first to announce the registration numbers, and these are more um, actual numbers like uh you know rather than sales a lot of those include exports so the ministry of public security numbers were 1.11 million nevs registered in china in q1 and that's almost 17% of um the roughly what 6.5 6.6 million autos and by the end of q1 nearly 9 million nevs are um, on the roads in China, and that's nearly 3% of the automobile park. And the CAAM numbers in March was 484,000. That's nearly 22% of the market penetration. And Q1 was over 1.25 million units, and that's nearly 20%. But remember, if we compare the 1.25 versus the 1.11 from MPS, then we can kind of infer that roughly you know, let's say 150,000 were exported. That in itself is still pretty significant. And then the CPCA numbers are just relatively smaller because it only includes passenger vehicles. Uh, 455,000 for March, Q1 was 1.19, but the interesting numbers were the penetration rates among the three different buckets, right? The retail penetration rate for Chinese brands was 46%. Now, obviously, BYD was a huge contribution to the plug-in hybrids. And then for the premium brands, which includes, you know, like Neos and, and others. Hi-Fi. Yeah, 32% penetration in March. And for the foreign mass brands, which includes, you know, the VWs, Toyotas, Chevrolets, Buicks, Fords, 4.3%. So that kind of tells you the gap, right? Yeah, 32% on the premium side is pretty significant. Yeah, so those numbers look really rosy. That's Q1, but this is the calm before the storm, right? I think people are kind of scared to guess as to what kind of numbers we're going to see in April. Uh, for example, Tesla has been shut down, right, for what? Today's the 14th, 15th, one than two weeks. Yes. Are we going to see a production zero? Probably not, but it's not going to look great you know, for April. And uh, what's your intel, you know, uh, of production resumption? I, th- I think we've heard some chatter. Lay, let me let me back this up just a, a little bit. Let me throw out just for context. So 3.5 million cars, NEVs were sold last year in China. Yeah. We're at 1.2 for Q1 for China this year. So we're already tracking at smashing that full year number in 2021 if we just multiply right full year you know based on the q1 numbers adjusted is still looking at 5 million yes but we have this situation <laughs> yeah and you said export numbers were 300,000 you said or one something oh uh, roughly 150,000 let's say yeah so remember last year that about half a million cars were exported NEVs were exported from China, mostly to Europe, 
mostly by or a good portion of them by by Tesla. And so we're about to smash that number too because we track 150 times four. Uh, we're at 600,000 units, right? And remember, always a reminder that Q1 is notoriously the slowest quarter in China auto sales, okay? So looking good for Q1, the uncertainty comes into Q2, and we have to remember that Jilin province, so Changchun is the capital of Jilin province, but Shenyang is also an automotive hub for many of the Germans ex Mercedes, Toyota's up there as well. And so just think about uh, FAW, whoever their JV partners are, they have factories up there. So Jilin, because Shanghai has really sucked most of the air out of the, the room, we have to remember that Jilin province is still under lockdown as well. And I don't see that opening up Unfortunately, until May. Yeah, the context is if you look at the numbers reported uh, nationally, what, 95% of the cases are, are reported from Shanghai, right, roughly? Yes. Uh, the rest are, are scattered in other areas, but not as significant or serious as Shanghai is reporting. The The fact of the matter is, I think over 95% come from Jilin province and Shanghai. Yeah. And Shanghai is about 25 million people as the city, but it's kind of a, it's not considered a province, but it's effectively, anyways, you, you think of it as almost like a province. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure people are over, I mean, probably including yourself uh, in Beijing and, and Guangzhou are stocking up. <laughs> We have a refrigerator. <laughs> we have a refrigerator freezer that's being delivered tomorrow. Jeez. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty. We are still okay in Beijing, where where I live. So knock on wood. Yeah. And just another thing about Jilin Province. There's about 25 million people in Jilin Province as well. And so we're we're talking a fifth of the size of the United States. No, no, less than a fifth of the size of the United States. And so, wow. And then Guangzhou, there's pockets. Shenzhen is out, which means that BYD should be okay to resume production. But but remember He Xiaopeng's comment. Yes. <laughs> so let me explain my background, at least initially, uh, from, a, from a work experience standpoint. My first job was at General Motors. I I started in the production control and logistics department. So we were, as a department, responsible globally for keeping plants running. Okay. So my first job was at a factory at the Orient Assembly Plant. Did that for eight months, uh, I think about eight months, and was the lean manufacturing resident. So we fixed and resolved issues on the line. My second job was as material availability coordinator. So I chase parts for new model year product launches. So a, a vehicle might have 25,000 parts on it. And for a mid-cycle enhancement, you might change 1,500 of those parts. And so if they're new parts, they need to get engineering approved and then manufactured on production tooling. That was, that was my second rotation. Third rotation, logistics liaison. So I managed transportation for two assembly plants at GM. Some of the parts were shipped via rail, some parts over the road trucking. And so, you know, my background in this is like really, really, I understand at an intimate level, unfortunately, what's going on here. Yeah. And, and 
another issue I think that Hui Xiaopeng's WeChat moment alluded to, actually it's hiding in his comments somewhere, is not only the supply and the production itself, but the logistics is another huge issue that, that, that China is trying to solve, resolve in recent weeks, months. Because it's it's not a it's the regionally managed differences that that are making it difficult, right? Yes. So so not only will you have to you know you have to wait as an OEM, you got to wait for the suppliers to produce, but those parts have to get to you, right? So it's well, like a. <laughs> and then the third the third part lay is that people need to be go out and be able to go out and buy these cars. Exactly. <laughs> if a good part of the country, if Shanghai is locked down, let's say, and I'm making this number up, a fifth of vehicle sales comes out of Shanghai. Probably not that much, but it's still. But you, you're right. It, it's it's a multifaceted challenge that needs to be resolved. And when you see companies like GM who have a closed loop system in Shanghai, who I also believe is still manufacturing, when you say closed loop, I'm saying that most of their suppliers are in Shanghai and are able to still manufacture. But when you see a city being locked down and then you also see manufacturing or OEM still producing, there's likely two reasons. Okay. It's likely that they've stockpiled parts. So they bought ahead and they just have a ton of parts that they're going to run out of very soon. And I think that's what He Xiaopeng is alluding to a bit. Right, because some of these companies, uh, Chinese factories that I've been to, are not really known, or they don't push the just-in-time thing. Right, they they carry a decent amount of inventory, and so that might give you a week, that might give you two weeks worth of production before you start running out of parts. And then there are certain parts that you need to assemble sequentially. So, so let's say, for instance, if you don't have part X from Lay Fastener Company. I can't do the next job. I can't do, you know, I can't build the rest of the car. Some parts, you can build the entire car. But if it's like a door handle, you can build the car and then put the door handle on after the fact. So there also might be ways to build to a certain point and then wait for a certain part to get shipped to you. Okay. And jumping back to the truck driver, they're getting tested every day. And the highways are being restricted. So it's not only that there might not be enough truck drivers, but that they might not be able to deliver the part into the city. So, so many things going on. And as we are at April 15th, it just looks less and less likely that any type of production is going to start in the next couple of weeks. Well, I think the latest intel with, with her, some chatter that. Neil seems to be on the way back up. I don't know. Have you seen this? That that they said that they they worked out some of the supply issues. Yep. But still, no exact date of return to production. And I, I think I saw a tweet from Ile. He, he he mentioned there was two dates put out there: a- April eighteenth and May fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of gives you an idea. Of the best scenario is. Right for te- companies like Tesla, you lose half a month, more than half a month, maybe three weeks of production. Right. So, so for for April, I think it's it's not going to be as serious as February twenty twenty when it was virtually 
Right. It, it tanked. Zero. Oh, yeah. not, ze- but not zero, but tanked, right? Huge. Right. It's not going to be like that, but this makes me think that for the first time in a long time, Q2 overall, if you look at, you know, not only NAVs, including everything else, might actually be lower than Q1. This is a possibility. And that hasn't happened. Usually Q2 is higher than Q1, Q3 is higher than Q2, and then Q4 is, you know, the biggest quarter of the year. So that that's very possible, I think. The one thing that I think I believe you hope for as well is that there's this miraculous recovery in the next few weeks. And Q because we're in the first period of Q2, there is still a possibility to make up any lost units via working overtime in May and June. Okay. But if that happens, that's amazing because that means that Shanghai is probably back up. Jilin is probably back up. And so that's the best case scenario we could hope for. Yeah. Unfortunately, if numbers do not drop significantly, it just pushes out any type of sector-wide recovery in production, which is completely unfortunate. But as far as you know, brand um, rankings are concerned, um, you can, you're going to definitely see Tesla fall way down the list, uh, right? I mean, everybody else is okay. BYD seems to be okay, right? Others seem to be okay as long as they, they're, they're not in Shanghai. And if you look at some of the recent uh, announcements of, of uh, sales reports, Volkswagen did this yesterday, right? They reported some numbers. GM. Uh, Ford. So Ford, interestingly, me being sensitive, in the Chinese press release, they gave out the Mach-E numbers, 969. But in the English presser, nothing was mentioned. <laughs> I don't know why that is, really? why, why hmm. there's that difference. But in March, they delivered, let's just say they delivered a thousand uh, Mach-E's. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. It, it doesn't sound very high, but... I was told the level of challenges or the seriousness of the challenges that they had to deal with was pretty significant. And I'm also being told that they've gotten past the supply part and they've gotten past the capacity part. So they should be able to deliver many more, produce and deliver many more Mach-E's, which is great because I think there's still demand and interest in the Mach-E, sure. in, the, in the China market. So they could quickly recover. Yes, yeah, still. And if you look at their overall numbers, 120,000, 125,000 for Q1, including everything, PVs, commercial vehicles, more than half of their sales are, are commercial vehicles from uh, GMC, Ford and Jiangling branded. But compared to like, you know, a million units a year, some, some years ago, this is a steep climb back up. And then GM basically look at their numbers. Every every brand was down except Wuling and Hongguan Mini EV. The, the the whole GM EV sales in China are basically the, the Hongguan Mini. EV. Right. And Volkswagen. <laughs> let, let me let me finish this off uh, with the, uh, another one last Ford comment. The things that you want to make sure of to understand whether or not Mach E production is going to be stronger or maintain some sort of of pace. Chongqing is where they build the Mach-E's via their joint venture partner, Chang'an. 
and their batteries are built in Xi'an by BYD. So those two places will likely tell you if if they put get put on restrictions or lockdowns, that's going to cause some issues with production of the Mach-E likely. Please, please proceed, Lei. Yeah, so I was going to say Volkswagen Group numbers, uh, their, their official Chinese presser is basically 38,700 um, 38, NEVs <laughs> in Q1, including 27,100 ID, which means it's still averaging less than 10,000, 10K a month. Yeah. So still not that level yet, and we're already more than a year since their launch, since the ID4 launch, right? So that kind of gives you an indication. And I want to kind of stress this point here because there's only one opportunity, obviously, you get to launch a vehicle or brand new product. And you have forecasted, and it could be a car, it could be any electric product or any, any type of product. You have a lot of marketing budget for that. And you think that with this marketing budget, we should get a significant number of eyeballs looking at the product and then what assume a an attach or a take rate. Okay. And so with the ID series, they've launched all of them in 2021. Yeah. No IDs this year. No new IDs this year. Their take rate was a lot less than they thought. And then in addition to the chip challenge. Okay. It is very, very, very difficult if your product is in the market for several months to really build that interest after the fact, okay? And the third whammy is the Shanghai and Changchun production locations. Yes, yes. They're, they're overproportionately exposed than others. So that's one of the challenges outside of the current supply chain and COVID challenges that Volkswagen has. It's trying to restart a fire after it wasn't even burning very hot. And normally what a car maker will do, and you know this, Lay, they'll put a lot of money on the hood to to get those units shipped out and sold. In in automotive terms, when I say putting money on the hood, they'll offer discounts. They'll offer some sort of incentive for you to buy that, which craters their their margin on the vehicles. But they need to run these factories because they have orders that they sent to the suppliers. So they're getting parts, regardless of whether the vehicle sold or not. And, and this is the crazy thing because we can't look at fundamentals because of a chip shortage, because of COVID. So it's really hard. To, it's going to be really hard to tell, at least in Q2, the health of a company. And, uh, you know, interestingly, GM and Ford, they never, well, I guess for Ford, the Mach E is the only, what, EV there is in China, pretty much, right? And then GM, they never, the GM and Ford never report group wide. NEV sales, so only single model EV sales. So you don't you don't know exactly you know how much the others account for. But April, I think the foregone conclusion is that industry sales will probably be looking at I don't know 30, 40, 50 percent year on year declines. That that's my expectation, and hopefully May and June will be better. But and that's that's a current. This makes the rest of the year very ominous 
because the momentum that has been built for the last 24 months in this sector was a huge tidal wave. And then think of it, you're going 120 miles an hour and you slam on the brakes. Yeah, It's really hard to get that momentum back, right? And it's not going to be a two-month thing. Yeah. Another way to look at this is if we go back to the beginning of the year, we were quite confident it was going to get to 6 million units. And now if you were to tell me that we're still going to get to 6 million units, I'd, I'd be, you know, <laughs> what are you talking about, right? It's it's that kind of... That, that would tell me that every factory virtually was working three shifts in overtime on the weekends, yeah, you know, starting in, starting in Q3, basically. Yeah. So, hey, I, I did want to mention this cool little thing that Cadillac did. Jay, who's a friend of China EVs and more, he tweeted a picture of a box with the, a, an envelope that said Lyric on it. And he said that Cadillac sent him a care package with with vegetables and oh, some other things. Yeah, other others have done this also. I've seen on my, you know, WeChat moments that people are showing these care packages delivered by by these different brands. And uh, yeah. yes, and the struggle is real. I feel helpless because whether it's a PR thing, it doesn't matter, right? In time of need, that's a that's a nice gesture, and it should be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Before we move on to the New York Auto Show, I did want to mention in my newsletter this week, the Newsweek has an article or on the cover, it says- Bloomberg. The, oh, no, 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 no. Two, two things. Let me talk about this Newsweek thing first. It was like the world's auto disruptors. Uh, disruptors. Um, Zhang Yixuan, uh, Zhang Yixuan and uh, um, who else? Uh, Farley. It was Farley. Uh, Jim Farley. Right. So- you know, I, I jumped on my soapbox, wrote in my newsletter, I was like, you know, I was going to give Newsweek a pass because you could argue, hey, Hyundai is really kicking butt and Ford is kind of turning a corner, it seems. And so, yes. And then not but two days after that Newsweek or three days after, Farley tweets April 26th. That's when we're going to launch the F-150 Lightning. Awesome. Job one. Job one at the Rouge yes. factory. Yeah. But it said, and it kept on eating at me. I was like, the world's auto disruptors. And I was like, you know, how? No, I, I got to say something. How can you not say Tesla? How can you not say BYD, Neo, Geely? <laughs> because Neo, if for no other reason, William Lee is bringing back battery swapping. My goodness. Yeah. Right? Like, and then Geely, they resurrected a Swedish brand, and that Swedish brand, created another brand and now they're trying to resurrect an old british brand and so like oh my goodness if that's not disrupting uh but anyway so this that's why we started this podcast right lay because there's a yeah. huge blind spot but they'll get their turn <laughs> so just wait and and right just you know you look at the uh the, the one i tweeted on uh was it forbes forbes yes. or fortune right they had that list of people and look who's on there right william lee and Robin Zung and, you know, these type of people. But it was, yeah, I mean. So the other digital cover of a magazine I saw this morning was Bloomberg's. <laughs> and it has Jim Farley in a F-150 Lightning. 
And in big, bold font, it says, hey, Elon, this is a truck. And so, you know, I and I tweeted, this is how you poke a bear. And, and so with that being said, I know that you tried on for size, at least got driven in an F-150 Lightning. And let's lead into your thoughts on that and the New York Auto Show that you attended last week or earlier this week, earlier this week. Man, uh, y- y- yesterday, I-, I-, I left early in the morning, very early in the morning to beat the traffic. So I got into New York City by 7. So you can guess how how early I, I woke up. <laughs> uh, but it was okay, you know. Uh, and New York Auto Show, for those that may not be aware, is actually the longest running, the oldest auto show in North America since 1900, 1900. So 122 years. And I thought it was, you know, close to where I am and, and kind of, I was itching to again to to see uh, to hear uh, more on 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 the EV chatter in particular, and so this show it kind of started in the morning. Speaking of Hyundai, you mentioned Hyundai. Hyundai was a, a huge winner because in the morning they started off with the World Car of the Year Award breakfast. So, you know, they had, I think that in this room, there, there was probably, I don't know, close to a thousand people or more, maybe, maybe around 20 tables. Wow. And, you know, less than 30 minutes into this thing. So you had the governor of New York. Um, she, she talked about, you know, investing in EV infrastructure in New York, coming back. And kind of it was a little bit scary because the day before there was that shooting <laughs> in in the subway. So, um, but less than thirty minutes into into these, you know, uh, VIP speaking, somebody mentioned, lo and behold, the Chinese companies, Neo, Xfeng, Li Auto, right? Long shadow. It's a long shadow. Yeah. And at my table sat three guys from a Mustang club from New Jersey. And uh, we, we kind of talked and you know, we, we talked, you know, they, they talked about Mach-E owners, whether they should be in the club. They allowed them into the club, whether, you know, how they decided on this Mustang brand. And I kind of talked about um, production in China and, and conversation turned into Lincoln, right? Lincoln is now selling more in China than in the U.S. And then talking about, you know, the Chinese EVs, and they would say, hey, the Chinese, they'll have a lot of opportunities in electric vehicles, and, and they left already. And and as far as model introductions, um, Chrysler had that Airflow Graphite, which is just a, I don't know, it's just a different variant. Uh, there wasn't anything uh, new in particular, and there's there's a few refreshed models here and there. They weren't even EVs, right? The Jeep Wagoneer L. They did have a 4XE model for, for the Grand Cherokee, I think, in that bluish shape. And the Hyundai and Kia, they had their newer refreshed Palisade and Telluride, which is selling very, very well. But speaking of the World Car Year of the Awards, I think it's worth mentioning that Hyundai of the six awards, the Ionic 5 received the Car of the Year, EV of the year and design of the year. 
So it was what, triple crown or hat trick or whatever you want to call it. So they are crushing it in the US. The the six awards, there's the performance car of the year, which was won by Audi Tron GT. I think the luxury car of the year was won by Mercedes EQS. And the only ICE model was the Toyota, the urban car of the year. Right. Cor- Corolla Cross. Like I've never even heard of that model. <laughs> But that tells you the sign of the times that that these, even in the United States. No, I mean the World Car of the Year is supposed to be right. So yeah. I think it's voted and awarded every time during, during April during the you know New York Auto Show. Okay, but right, that's the sign of the times that going forward, I don't think you will ever see another ICE model winning these type of awards. Right, right. That's the beginning of the end, uh, or the end of the beginning, whatever you want to call it. As and and I should say this as BMW in China launches the brand new X7, X5, X X7. They launched the oh. the revised X7 2023, which is an ICE. Yeah, some companies are still milking it. So other than that, there was there was a couple of you know Vinfast, right? Vinfast, we've been talking about this. They're just moving uh, fast and furious, right? They announced this battery kind of subscription plan i was like oh that's a page out of neo right <laughs> right like 35 dollars, i think for for one of the models a month uh, there's a there's a per, pay per use that's cheap but there's also a fixed so like 100 or 110 and 160 depending on the uh, battery size i think okay per month uh so you can kind of you know use it whenever i don't remember the details but and then sixty-five thousand orders i believe that's globally uh, for their models, but that's I think that's the two hundred dollar uh, deposit <laughs> deposit reservations, right? Sure. And then, and then today they announced a deal with Amazon Alexa, right? The, uh, integrating that into and then the Electrify America. So ever since they revealed the the, the EVs in at the LA, LA Auto Show, there's just been announcements, announcements, deals, deals, and. Um, what I also did was they had this EV test track down below in the level one. So I waited during lunchtime. They opened up for these different EVs. So there was the VinFast VF8. So I test, I, I kind of rode in that. The EV, Kia EV6, the uh, Volvo C40, and the, the Indy 1. So Indy is another. I'll share a comment. I, I sort of interview um, Andre Hudson, the, the head of design, uh, and I'm going to quote him. Uh, I, I put down some uh, notes. Uh, the, Vin, the VinFast VF8 is nicely built. Nice quality, nice interior. And the guy who was driving it was, this was Pinafarina thing, right? With the, um, the little um, cockpit-style buttons down uh, below the uh, stack, center stack. But I thought it was, I mean, it's, a, it's almost 100% production model. And the guy said delivers, deliveries should start in November, uh, first imported, and then 2024 is when they plan the uh, North Carolina production, right? But it's nice, nicely built EV. I think it was, I would rank it high among the ones that I tried. Uh, the worst, w- w- by the way, would be the ID, the, the Indy one, because that was bit of a i don't know a makeshift it's, it's got the red buttons it's, it's got the windows interface on the screens 
There's there's holes everywhere. Um, it was shaky. It was a prototype, but still. <laughs> Did you have to sign a waiver? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. God bless you. I didn't really like the Volvo C40 because for some reason they told me you can either shoot videos without talking to the driver or you can talk to the driver but without shooting the videos. So I, I got it turned off by that. I don't know. Maybe it's company po- policy. Uh, and then the EV6 is nice. But then Hyundai, Hyundai at, outside of their booth, they had their own track upstairs for the Ionic 5. So I again sat in Ionic 5 and, you know, took a spin uh, twice around the track, this time on a passenger side. And remember I test drove uh, 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 sometime last year uh, at a local dealer. But this time I kind of, after they won the award, I really can see why. Uh, sitting in the passenger and, and this guy driving, and he was telling me about the uh, battery degradation, the range, how he's been doing this, you know, accelerating, uh, braking uh, all morning. And the range, the state of charge was actually pretty good, he told me. Uh, AC was on, 68 degrees, uh, full blast. And, and the interior, just the space, the way it was designed and the exterior design and the interface, the HMI balancing, you know, the screens and buttons, I thought of all the ones that I test roll, I can see why it won all that word, really. Right. And the F-150 Lightning, just, you know, the platinum version, the top version, was, you know, all these, not gimmicks, but like 180-degree uh, lie-flat C with massaging and, and that center console with the station you can put your laptop on. And, and, and the shifter, the shifter, you can... Make it flat, so 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 the center, uh, you know, the place where you put your computer on can lay flat on top of that. They still have a shifter. Yeah, the shifter, shifter okay. into drive and, and park. Re- exactly. Yeah, okay. Oh. We tried that acceleration. You know, zero to sixty was something like four seconds, a little bit more than four seconds. So, who had the longest lines? Then fast. I waited almost an hour, but one part of the reason was due to this guy shooting some videos he was they only had one car while, while the other brands they had two cars so like <laughs> i was like oh my god but it was worth it i, I think quality i think it passes I, I believe it passes those are those have to be hand-built parts right yeah if there's especially if there's only one car available and the guy from indy i was at the press conference and and andre hudson and he stayed and, and answered some questions from the media. And I was talking to him and I said, you know, what about Chinese brands coming pretty soon and competitors? And here's what he said, and I'm quoting. Certainly everybody is a competitor. The landscape is will be amazing the next two to three years. And uh, the change completely with the plethora of EVs in the space and certainly see them. So, and then he said, maybe even four to five years ago as an auto designer, you didn't really care about what was happening in China. Today, to me, it's some of the most innovative and advanced design as well. So we're certainly staying aware of what's happening, knowing at any time those products will be over here. That's what he said. Without question. Yeah. But Indy, I don't know. It's a very, it seems to be, uh, I don't know. It's a startup. I think they only have like a few dozen people. But let me remind you, Lei. So, so I read up a little bit about Indy, and they basically outsource 
entire functions of development to external companies. I think they develop the battery and the UX in-house, but other parts of it yep. are and not. Then, and then he talked about manufacturing. They're looking at locations in in uh, in the U.S. And I asked, actually, I asked him, will it be greenfield or existing plans? And he said existing. So that also gives you an indication. You better believe that the Chinese EV companies are talking to JLL. They're talking to <laughs> CBRE to look also, right, for these factories. And so we should see in the next, I'd say, 30 months, a few different deals for an old factory in Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, that's going to be rehabbed, invested $250, $400 million. And now it's going to build EVs or so the Something. interesting thing is they're taking orders for the Indy One, uh, $45,000, and they said, you know, delivery expected next year and the second half of next year, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you don't even have a place of production yet. So, Lei, uh, <laughs> I, will, I will remind you that back in 2004, the Tesla Roadster was effectively a kit from Lotus with Evora, Tesla powertrain, right? Yeah. And so, you know, Indy, I'm not saying Indy will be the next Tesla, <laughs> but we have to remember that these companies, you know, some of these companies are humble beginning, right? Like I, the, the two founders are of Tesla are not part of the company anymore. And effectively, Elon, as one of the largest early investors took over and got the got a co-founder role but he he seems to be he seems to be going off track a bit past couple of days <laughs> if you know what yeah, i mean yeah <laughs> but uh it, it's nice to be able to say i'm just gonna buy this company <laughs> you know at, at a 70 percent premium of what it was trading at the day before i bought nine percent of it anyways yeah the other thing about indie was um uh, rather uh, i don't know whether people saw this but in, in the skateboard that they show, there's dual motors. The one in the front and the, and the one in the rear are supplied by Jinjin uh, Motors, a very prominent company in the space, Chinese company. So I looked in, I looked on LinkedIn at the management team, and there are a few Chinese people that seem yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. pretty well connected. So I think there's strong Chinese ties to it, but also. How was the fit and finish of the F one fifty Lightning? Because that has to be that has to be a pilot. That has to be coming off of production. It's fine. It's it's a, it's a it's F one fifty. I mean, what what can you expect? It's right. The interior is it's it is what it is. So no no, you didn't see any noticeable quality no or fit and finish problems. Oh. They had on the, on the Chevrolet booth, they didn't announce anything pretty much, but I saw the Silverado EV. It is humongous. I don't know why they made it that big. So you, you know, the F-150 Lightning or F-150 in general is already big. I think the, the Silverado EV is almost a third bigger than the F-150 for some reason. It's, it's huge. And the thing that made it even bigger was the small boat EVs that sat beside it. Oh, geez. <laughs> so uh, uh, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. I also talked to um, Zero Light, uh, Barry Hoffman. Um, that was an interesting conversation. I how, think. Was, how was that? Oh, it's great. Mm. The, the, the one, the 
kind of the what do you call that the CGI, you know, interaction with the, with the car and and you know what they do is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. And and he showed me something else on his phone, uh, which was pretty cool. Couldn't really talk about it, but my my general summary is there was no Chinese brands, but the Chinese narrative, the Chinese EV narratives was equally um, there. Still loom large. Yeah, still loom large, right? The, the e-motors company is represented there. Uh, VinFast as, as a non-European or, or another Asian company coming to the U.S., right? It's all relevant. Uh, and, and I was, you know, talking to people and I would say, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the LA Auto Show, some Chinese brands show up, it could be possible. Or CES. I'm going to speculate, Lay. There might be one or two in Detroit in September. Hell yeah. I'll just, I'll just say that because I, I get this feeling. But you and I have talked a lot about production. We've talked about the New York Auto Show. So we still have a couple topics I know that you and I wanted to, to touch on. The one last thing I did want to mention, because we we're talking about Tesla a little bit about the New York Auto Show, was that Elon has to be anxious about getting Berlin Giga online very quickly because of what's going on in Shanghai. Yeah. And so there has to be a ton of pressure on those guys in Berlin to get that factory up and going. The one thing I will mention was that Shanghai Giga, at the very early stages, were getting a lot of their parts from Fremont. My assumption is that initial production parts for for Berlin Giga would have likely have shipped from Shanghai. So they're probably having to rethink and ship a lot of their parts as kits over to Berlin Giga from Fremont now. So the the operations team at Tesla must be working overtime to to really try to reconfigure production, especially because days, losing days, we're not talking hours, we're losing days of production. And Weeks. they want to, yes. And they want to, they want to get a million and a half units in 2022 shipped. So I'm betting Elon is not letting up on that number. And I'm betting that he's making Fremont and Berlin and Austin really take on that heavy load from Shanghai Giga for now. So, And the other, the other thing was the interesting uh, announcement by RoboSense and Too Simple that they're working together uh, to, to have RoboSense um, you know, fit uh, their, their LiDARs on, on the L2 and L4 trucks. But I've confirmed with both RoboSense and Too Simple that this is only focused on the China business side of it. So if you look at the pressers, the person who who was quoted from Too Simple was not Xiao Di, but was Chen Mo. And if you know, recently Chen Mo, I mean, he right, he left as chairman, right? But now he's trying to start something new in China. So this deal is only focused on the Chinese market, and you you haven't seen any announcement from uh, Too Simple here in, in the U.S. because it's not relevant <laughs> yet. I'm wondering if there will be. Because you and I agree that there will be a separation. Yes. What, if any, relationship they will have in the future? 
as these two separate entities. That'll, that'll be interesting to see because, yeah, Chemua is effectively now the head of Too Simple China, Too, too Simple East. And then um, <laughs> Too Simple Xiao, West. <laughs> yeah, Di is because they're not separated yet. So we'll just call them Too Simple West and Too Simple East um, is now the CEO of the US entity. Who is going to take on Europe? Who is going to take on other parts of Asia? Well, maybe they, they I don't know, they, they'll just not bring that onto the plate at all. Yeah. Who knows? But the negotiation must be pretty intense, pretty messy. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Lay and I thank you for tuning in. My name is Tu Lee, and you can find me on Twitter at Sino Auto Insight. That's S-I-N-O-A-U-T-O-I-N-S-I-G-H-T. You can find Lei on Twitter at Leixing77. That's L-E-I-X-I-N-G-7-7. If you wouldn't mind rating and or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you grab your podcast from, we'd appreciate that as well. Even better, if you enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. Please join us again next week as we track down all the latest news on China, EVs, and more. 